0: Hey, everybody. Just wanted to take a quick second and ask, how do you listen to Clockwork Nights? Do you listen to it on an app, on your phone, on the computer? Also, do you listen to it with headphones or in your car or off of a phone speaker? What do you do? Let me know. You can write to me at at gmail.com. Give me feedback. Is there a good app? Is there a good podcast app that you have found that you think I should get on, that I'm not on? Let me know, it'd be good to know. Again, you can write me at gmail.com. I'd appreciate the feedback. All right, let's do the show. What is up, podcast nerds? My name is Clark Wayne. This is my show. This is episode six of Clockwork Nights, and it's a first. It is the first porch podcast episode of a porch podcast series that I'm going to (laughs) do with my neighbors and local friends where we post up on the porch and hang out. And podcasts like today with my guest Nikki James, who is a singer songwriter out of Nebraska, who now lives here locally in Nashville. And you know what's so cool about Nikki James? Nikki James is my neighbor. That's right. That's why he's cool. <laughs> it's not because he's a good singer songwriter or you know the fact that like he's just a generally good dude. It's it's because he's my neighbor. You're welcome, Nikki. Um, <laughs> so. How are you doing? Right now I'm doing an Instagram live video and hello Lee, hell yeah, back to you. I love this microphone as well. Yes, uh, on the Instagram live, I've tried this intro a few times tonight and just got frustrated and I was like, you know what I need? I need a little bit more pressure. Like when the coach for the football team, like Friday Night Lights puts the pressure on, that's what I need right now. Just a little bit more pressure just to make sure that I get this intro done and move on. <laughs> but how are you doing? What are you up to? Are you on a commute right now? Are you at the gym? Are you hanging out on your phone? Are you going to sleep right now? Should I give you my my up-close ASMR voice? No, that's terrible. It's a bad idea. Bad idea. Not going to do the ASMR stuff. That's how you say it, right? ASMR? Not into that. Um, so, yeah, I hung out with Nikki on the front porch and then came inside and warmed up by making a black bean and sweet potato chili. It was very good. Ended up taking all the scraps and making a veggie broth on the side and then added the cooked down veggie broth that I cooked for a couple hours back into the chili. So kind of made like a second soup out of the original soup. Like I don't know if that makes sense. Like the first one was a base and now I'm just going to add to it and add some more stuff to it and just cook all night because that's what's happening right now. That's what I'm doing in my life. What is up, Sarah? Sarah said, what up, C. Lark on Instagram Live. Hello. Hope you're well. I miss you so much. Hope you and the pups and, and Dan are well in Seattle. Going to be cooking all night. It's going to be good. Got the instant pot that Mr. Cordell Raynock and his wife, Megan, gave me. As a birthday gift last year, and I have been using that thing like crazy recently. I've also been eating a lot of cornbread recently, so I'm gonna have to get back in the gym. <laughs> it's bad. Like, I, I've been like beer and cornbread, cornbread and beer, that cycle all day long, every day. Hey, I'm drinking a Samuel Adams beer right now, actually, and that reminds me. Uh, Samuel Adams is from Boston. Boston Red Sox did not beat the Astros. The Houston Astros are now in the World Series. That is a big-time boo. I really hope that the Atlanta Braves just wipe them clean. Just I'm, I'm, I'm going to predict it. I'll, I'll be a little fair because I know I'm going to get my heart broken. I'll say that Braves are going to win in six games. That's my prediction. If the Astros win... I think they're going to take it in five. Like they'll let the one game go and then they're just going to take it. But it, yeah, fuck the Astros. Like seriously, like I cannot, I, I hope they lose. I'm giving all my energy to Jacques Peterson and his stolen Anthony Rizzo bat. I want them to win this thing. I I'm tired of the Astros continuing to go on since when did I become a sports guy? You ask, well, I grew up playing baseball and basketball and then I discovered punk rock and skateboarding. And that part of my life left for like a good 25 years. <laughs> and now, what do you know? Like, I'm, I just love baseball. I'm like, I try football. I don't know much about it. Been watching Friday Night Lights. That's cool. That's fun. I probably binge watch like three or four episodes in a row on a Friday and then pass out because life is hectic, but good. And it just. I don't know, that's that's one of my pastimes right now is watching Friday Night Lights. It's a little nostalgic, which is good timing because we're getting into the holidays, starting off with one of my favorite holidays, Halloween, and then getting into the good stuff, you know, the, the fun stuff, the, hey, I get to see friends and family holidays. I hope so. I hope the world is still slowly but surely getting back to... S- something reminiscent of what we once knew so that way we can see our friends and family and, and travel safely and and stay healthy. That's all I want. And because you know I care about everyone. I care about you and I want you to stay safe and healthy too. All right so I'm not gonna take up too much of your time with this intro this evening. We're gonna get to it. Nikki James, my neighbor who is also a singer-songwriter came over and hung out on the porch this evening. We had some bourbon, some Basil Hayden, which is so good. It's one of my favorite bourbons. It's very smooth. Um, and then we, we just hung out. We talked about what it was like to move from Nebraska to Nashville, the importance of live music, how it works to be a singer-songwriter working with other songwriters here in Nashville. He, he helped kind of peel the curtain back a little bit on that one for me. And we just had a good time. We, we just hung out, you know, two neighbor dudes. And you're going to hear some noise in the background. There's going to be dogs barking and sirens and general noise. Because you know what? We're hanging out on the porch. And it was a good time. Before I forget, Nikki does have a few singles up on Spotify right now that I highly, highly, highly recommend. I'm a big fan of the Addict's Knot song as well as common ground, those are really great songs. If you have a chance, please check it out. Please check out Nikki James Music on Instagram. That's where he posts most of his, his shows and stuff like that. And I think on his Facebook, he does a live thing every once in a while. So he says he's not great at social media, but he's he's on there. So if you want to find him, find him on Spotify. Again, that is Nikki James Music. We're going to get to it. It's the first episode of the Porch podcast series. I can't wait to have more. Uh, I think I have another neighbor coming up that's also a creative, so that's going to be fun, and a few other local Nashville friends on the porch. Definitely keep your ears to the ground. We've got some good things coming down the line. All right, without further ado, here is my good friend, my neighbor, Nikki James. I haven't done it. Um,
1: Let me double check. Thank you I figured we'd get away with
0: handheld. Go ahead and talk to that guy. Hey, hey, check one, two. Check and, one, two. And then get excited for me.
1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, we welcome you to... <laughs> Perfect.
0: I don't have to wear these at all.
1: Mm. That's always a plus. Go from four roses to <laughs> basil hayden, baby. It's a good day for yeah. the bourbon. <laughs> Basil Hayden's
0: the best. That's my favorite. Yeah. Well, he'll, he'll kiss this guy because, yeah, I want to hear the sexy up radio voice.
1: Get up close, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. K Car, K Car 97, The cats. Oh. Coming back at you live here. Clark, Nikki, on the front porch. In South Asheville. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> is that, a, is that a, a Nebraska radio station? Um, actually, yes, it is 103.7 The Cat, man That is the, uh, that is the mecca of um, What they would call commercial radio mm. In Nebraska It's been around forever Steve Lundy, a good uh, family friend of ours Runs it And uh, he's been a big supporter of the music um, He's a great dude Yeah And yeah, it's a, it's a cool station Really cool They do a lot of cool stuff through the area And for musicians And, you know, venues So uh, Did yeah. you grow up with it? Yeah, I really did. Now that I'm thinking about it, um Like what could like
0: fifteen years ago, <clears throat> what would have been jamming when you're in the back seat of the, the hmm. car? Fifteen <laughs> did years. Did your parents ago, have it on or did you and your your siblings have it on? Well
1: what's funny is I never grew up on everybody thinks about, you know, me playing country music, they're like, Oh, he grew up on, you know, country. I grew up more on like, you know, the Eagles and James Taylor Ooh. and Simon Garfunkel. Yeah. And, Uh, John Denver and then when I started getting uh, you know into my late teen years early 20s is when I really started diving into the Texas scene. Mm. Ragweed Cross Canadian Ragweed, Turnpike Troubadours, Randy Rogers Walt Wilkins Um, so thinking about I I couldn't even tell you what would be jamming on there 15 years ago probably some like Al Dean or Keith Urban I guess maybe because that would be what you know Late two thousands, so that's probably like in the mecca of that new era of country music. Yeah, I yeah. think about it. When Brad Paisley, Brad Paisley. Yeah. Oh man, I love Brad Paisley. I, remember, I felt like overnight
0: he just like skyrocketed and was a, you know, just in everyone's living room. He he did that movie or that show that came out in
1: theaters. He, uh, I got to see him live in Key West during Key West Songwriters Fest. And first time I ever saw him play, and uh, he blew my mind. His musicianship is so amazing. Hmm. Um, his guitar playing is so amazing. Songwriting, his band is amazing. He's yeah. so professional, and uh, I think we take for granted sometimes as artists, you know, being in Nashville because we're around, we're surrounded by just like the mecca of musicians. Yeah. Um, you take for granted how good it takes. To get to that level, mm-hmm. you know, and to be able to get up there. And I mean, he's playing lead, he's doing everything, he's singing incredibly well. And uh, that's just a different level, a different level that some people may never get to. Yeah. And still be in that mecca. You yeah. Know? I think he's one of those guys that's really on top. Oh, totally. You know, Stapleton, I think, is one of those. Absolutely. Paisley. Yeah. You know, you could even say, maybe even Keith Ur- Keith urban's an incredible musician as well man insane you know yeah he picks up a guitar and he's just like i'm I'm glued I'm zoning in <laughs> it's I'm so jealous and it makes me so mad because you know those guys it's almost like they were born with that talent mm. and uh, you know, For a lot of us musicians, it's hard. You got to work for it. You got to really, you know, learn and be willing to learn and practice all the time. But for some guys like that, it comes so naturally for them. And uh, I'm just jealous of it because I don't think it's a level, you know, and everybody's like, don't sell yourself short. No, you got to be real about some things. And you're just some in some cases, you're just not going to get to those levels. Yeah. And I think that's one of those cases, man. Okay. They're just too good. Yeah. Yeah you know they're a different league it's a different league man a yeah. different league of musicians and that's okay Yeah, you learn from those guys you know you learn from them you try to be them but you might not ever be them and that's okay absolutely you know
0: what's one thing that you wish that you had a little bit more of what They have,
1: yeah. I think a little bit of everything to be honest with you. Um, I would love to be a better guitar player, and I think that comes with practice, uh, it comes with um, being more confident. Mm-hmm. And, um, confidence is so big. Um, but playing guitar, especially playing lead guitar and singing, is an extremely hard thing to do. It's like, uh, you know, patting yourself on the hat, rubbing your stomach, and then balancing a bowling ball on your boot, <laughs> right? You know, it's yeah, yeah. just like it's it's kind of impossible i would love you know to strive to be a better guitar player and i can definitely become a better guitar player mm-hmm. um but it just takes practice and you know those guys i mean look at paisley i mean he's really made a, his own sound yeah you know and the licks he does you know that b bender guitar i think yep. he plays Yep. um that's his own sound man mm-hmm. and it, it that takes years it doesn't happen overnight it doesn't happen when you're 25 or 26 27 even into your 30s it takes a while to get to that point yeah. and have that you know just particular sound that those guys have but it's something you can work towards but I, back to your question i think i want a little bit of everything yeah. you know <laughs> i want a little bit of everything that they have yeah you know, but you can practice, you can get, you know, close to it. You may never get to that point, but you can right. get close to it, you know?
0: Yeah. I'm the same way as a drummer. Yeah. Like any of the gods that play drums that I look up to, I'm just like, you're right. There's not one little thing that I would want to steal from. It's like, I want a little bit of everything.
1: And that's okay, man. <laughs> That's okay. You, you got to look up to people as musicians, man. Yeah. Look at the people that have done it and... Listen, learn, listen to whenever they're talking and they're, you know, doing podcasts like we're doing. Yeah. And, you know, learn from every little detail they tell you because it can only make you better as a musician, as a person, as a business person um, trying to run, you know, a small business, which as a musician, that's what technically you're trying to run. Sure. They've done it. They've been there. They've worked their tails off to um, be in the position they are. And, um, man, it's just. You know, it's humbling when yeah. you see those guys, man. It really is for sure. Yeah. Let's go back to Nebraska. How did this all start for you? Yeah. Well, the Cliff Notes on it, man. Um, born and raised, in Omaha, Nebraska, and um, cornfields. Now, you know. So it's funny because we're my parents' house was when they first built it, it was nothing but cornfields, mm. and it like I don't know what year it went crazy, but like there was a boom that happened. And all of a sudden, all those cornfields are gone. Yeah. And just neighborhood after neighborhood after neighborhood. Very fortunate to be able to live where I lived and grew up. Yeah. It's a great area, amazing values. The people are amazing. I love it. I miss it every day. I wish I was home. I really do. Um, but, um, you know, it's just grown so much from when we, we were the first house on the block. Mm. You know, the first house in the entire neighborhood, yeah. actually, if I think about it. There might have been one or two more. I was pretty young. But uh, it just exploded now into what they know. It's called West Omaha. And I don't know. This is a bad comparison, but it's kind of like the Franklin. Okay. Uh, but it's not like yeah. super bougie. It's just like really down-to-earth, you know, blue-collared working families.
0: Is it a good, like, yeah. 15 miles out yeah, of it's, town? Yeah, it's or?
1: probably about a solid, yeah, 15 miles. probably about a 30-minute drive downtown. Sure. You know? Um, So we're in, like, a good little area. But, like... 10 minutes get you right back to the cornfields yeah <laughs> you know which i love and yeah. that's what i miss and you know that's what i grew up on and when i go back home sometimes it makes me sad because they're building so much and they're expanding so much and those farms that i you know grew up on you know used to love driving by and driving through and drinking in and mm-hmm. doing everything else and now they're being sold mm. and uh that's part of life unfortunately but um you know, it—it's one of those things. It's like you, you're happy to see where you're from doing so well. Yeah. But also, you miss the history and yeah. the vibes and the culture. It's still there, but you know, it is what it is. Great place to live. Great place to grow up. Still is an amazing spot. But, um, so seventeen, I was working at a bar called DJ's Dugout. It was bartending. And, At uh, 17,
0: you were bartending? Yeah,
1: 17. You can do or, that in Nebraska? No, actually now, no, you're right. I had to <laughs> have been 18. Okay. Had to been 18. At 18, you can bartend? Yeah, you can bartend, I'm pretty sure. That's crazy. Yeah, but I did that for a couple years, and then uh, when, as I was bartending, I might have started out as a, um, what's it called, a bar back, now yeah. that I think about it, and yeah, then yeah. they work you into being a bartender. Right. That's probably what happened. Okay, yeah.
0: Um, wow. We have that in common. I didn't know that we both worked in the restaurant that? industry, yeah. man.
1: I think everybody should work in the restaurant industry. Yes. It makes you a better person. Absolutely. I swear it does. And I always tell people, I'm like, you need to go work. I mean, maybe not now if you're like a grown adult and you have a good job, <laughs> <Right>. but like <laughs> yeah. you should like, at if least you're appreci- a kid yeah. and you're still coming up. You need to appreciate <laughs> yeah. man. It is a tough industry to be in and it teaches you like the best people skills ever. It humbles you. And, uh, you know, I'm very fortunate to worked in there because I learned a lot from it, man. Yeah. And I'm terrible at math too. It made me like okay at math. Yeah. I'm still terrible, but I'm just a little better than what I used to be.
0: I still think about counting out my money every time that I budget. And if I have to do a percentage or do fractions or whatever, I go immediately back to the restaurant where it's every night I had to tip out the food runner and the bartender a certain percentage.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Did you guys do a Keno?
0: no Um, what's that so
1: we got keno back home and it's just like gambling game so you can play in the casinos but they have it all over nebraska and uh, it's called big red keno and you got 80 numbers and you can pick you know one through you can pick 20 numbers and you know you never hit 20 numbers if you hit 20 numbers you win like a hundred thousand dollars it's a sucker bet yeah yeah But people come in, and they play Keno all night long. And, you know, uh so that's another thing I had to have in the arsenal yeah. to figure out. But um, yeah. nobody does it around here. I think it's so funny. I always ask. I'm like, y- you guys do Keno? Nope. Because betting just became yeah legal or be- before, what,
0: the last year and a half, you had to go outside of Tennessee to gamble? Right? Yeah. So Period?
1: Now, yeah. And now – I think sports betting is legal. Ah. Uh, yeah. Okay. But you have to do it through like MGM or... There's like select, yeah. contracted. Yeah. I may have done a couple. I don't know. You know, <laughs> sometimes I like to bet, you know, I never win. I'm not a good better. I'm not a good gambler, but yeah. it's fun. You yeah. Know, is what it is. It's fun. Sorry, just got sidetracked <laughs> a lot there. It's all good. Getting you're, back to you're the... You're painting the picture. Yeah, I love getting it. Getting <laughs> back to the initial question. So... um 17 18 19 probably up till I was 21 I was you know obviously working back home and uh, my brother played music down in Oklahoma for a while mm. and uh, I did I didn't get to see him a lot he lived in Nashville for a couple years and he was traveling playing music and ended up in Oklahoma and you what know part of Oklahoma um, he lived in Oklahoma City Yukon nice. for a little bit okay um, Piedmont so West yeah. Oklahoma yeah yeah Um but God, now that I think about it, he's kind of all over Oklahoma, but those are the main um areas he was in. But older or younger? He's older. So we're all five years apart, so he's thirty-three. So I wanted to see my older brother. You know, yeah. I want to hang out with him. I haven't, you know, I, and at this point I've I was always kind of strumming the guitar and writing a little bit and playing at, you know, house parties and, you know, the occasional bar, but yeah. I wasn't really taking it too seriously. Right. You know, and i said uh you know wow maybe you know if i took this a little bit more seriously my brother might you know want to have me down and be a way for us to hang out more and mm. you know and he said and i sent him some stuff that i was doing you know he said hey nicky i bet you come down and play a couple shows with us I'm like hell yeah let's rock and roll can we cuss on here yeah absolutely uh, perfect <laughs> you know rated in fact, r
0: in fact i'm gonna i'm gonna edit that out. no i'm just kidding <laughs> why'd you even ask no. yeah and yeah, we're back and we're back
1: <laughs> so um you know we got, i got the invite was super pumped for and you know worked a bunch of double shifts to make enough money to get gas oh, yeah. down there and um you know I remember what year is this uh this is probably when i was 18 so i'm 29 now so What's the math on that? Uh, 2010. Sounds about right. (laughs) Sounds about right. So uh, make up enough money to get down to uh, Oklahoma and, you know, kind of started playing a bunch of gigs. Um, And that's how it all really started, man. And um, it's kind of just taken off from there. So Nebraska has been a huge part of it back home. And, um, you know, that's where I started playing music and. You know, the first, you know, hundred shows you do, you suck and you fail. Mm -hmm. You can't remember lyrics because you're so nervous. And I'm still there. I would be there all (laughs) over
0: again if I had to get up in front of someone.
1: I'm still there, man. But uh, the family and friends back home has, you know, been such a uh, huge support of my career. And I owe everything to them, man. Outside Mm. of my wife, um, who has been there for me every step of the way. Um, I owe my family and friends the majority of the, uh, you know, um, thank yous because, man, they've been they've been with me through thick and thin, and you yeah, know, when the music probably wor- wasn't where it should be, they were loving it. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, um, Nebraska has just been a huge part of my life, man, and uh, obviously very thankful to uh, be able to be. Raised there and lived there for so long, and I always go back to it. But I do miss it all the time, man. Yeah,
0: yeah. So you're 17. Pick up a
1: guitar, acoustic guitar at home. Yep. What are you writing about at 17? You know, a lot about, and I still do this to this day. Um, a lot about my brother and his experiences. Okay. Um, we've always been very close, and we've always been on a you know open basis about everything and. He told me a lot of the things that he messed up on hmm. um, relationships and um, you know um, you know addiction and uh, you know just trying to figure out life and uh, I think um, kind of being around I've, I was in in music I was always around older people yeah not like you know super old people but you sure. know like 30s and 40s when I was 18, 19, and 20. Yeah. Um, so um, it gave me a lot of things to write about. Um, and it really opened my mind early to how to connect with people. And I think starting out, I think I was writing about things that might be a little bit too deep
0: mm-hmm.
1: for the audience that was listening to my music because they haven't been through anything like that. Mm. But now the older I get, the more I realize, you know, now people are really connecting so what I'm writing about yeah. which is cool but um kind of like I was kind of before the times I guess yeah. I guess you could say um and that's okay that happens I think it it made me into a better writer um better musician um but um yeah that's, man it's good it sounds
0: like you were writing not just surface level things you know but that you were trying to search for something more meaning in your writing is the way I take it you know like yeah I can relate to that on some level in the writing that you know I was doing even in middle school I've gone back and looked I have a folder I have like this folder it's like super 90s it has like thousand dollar bills all over it with Benjamin Franklin or whatever (laughs) and just like super cheesy and it's just so stacked full of songs I would just sit there and write one after another in middle school and some of the stuff was super melancholy yeah you know Yeah, and it's like I look back on it and I'm like I wrote that at 13 and 14 years old. Like, I mean, 13 and 14 year olds go through a lot of shit. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, that we don't maybe give ourselves or other people enough credit for. But I understand that feeling of like, you're still, when you're sometimes as a writer, you're expressing something that's that's coming out and your friends may know a version of you. So when you express something that is different or new to them, Mm -hmm. sometimes it doesn't always land. Yeah. And it takes a minute before you find that person or, or, or that group of people before it lands.
1: Absolutely. And when, it when you do find those people, it's just kind of like breathe a little bit better. <laughs> so true, man. You hit it right. You hit the nail on the coffin right there. It's so true, man. It's so true. And, you know, it should be like that too. You know, when you're young and you're, you, and you're got an artistic brain and you're writing, you know, uh. Other people that are in your age group, they're just not going to understand. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just part of it. Yeah. Um, but you know, obviously, as the years go by, like we just talked about, they'll start understanding it. They'll start getting it, and yeah. it'll click for them. Yeah. You know, uh, being a musician is not the easiest thing, man. Everybody thinks it's like you're partying, and you know, I can't turn my brain off. You're probably the same way. Yeah. I wake up at two a.m., three a.m., and you know. I got ideas in my head. I got to go write them down. <laughs> I can't go back to sleep. My wife's like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, she's used to it now, but yeah. you know, our brains are always ticking. We're always thinking. And one word that you say, or somebody random on the street says, it can trigger a brand new song. It can mm-hmm. trigger a memory. It can trigger, trigger trigger a thought or a, you know, a hook or a lyric idea. And uh, you know, it's a blessing. It's also a curse too. Yeah. You know, but some of the best things in life are like that. hmm You know? You put
0: out a handful of singles this year and I've listened to, I want to say I've listened to all of them, but I know off the top of my head, I've listened to Going Through, Common Ground mm-hmm. and Addict's Not, and which are like all three completely different songs yes. in their own right. Like, <laughs> yeah. have, and at least first impression they don't have really much crossover Absolutely. between the three. Now that you're in Nashville and writing, do you write with other people or do you still, are you still in like primary writer? Like how does that work?
1: Yeah. So <clears throat> when I first moved to town, um, my first thought was I'm going to write everything or I'm going to record everything I write, um, which is a very naive thing to think. And you you don't learn that it's naive until you get to town and you start meeting other writers. Mm. And you realize that there is another level of writing going on. Um, When I first got to town, um, it's probably the first time I've talked about this too, but I I love talking about this stuff because it's kind of taboo to talk about. But, you know, Nashville's changed so much. Um, And um, there's kind of a, you know... With producers and labels, and there's kind of this stigma now of you know, it's pretty commercial music that's coming out, and mm. if you want to do the Nashville thing, yeah, uh, you got to play the game a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I respect anybody that's doing it, man. It is a hard life. It's not you know like I just talked about. It's not all partying and. It's a Monday through Sunday job. Yeah. So anybody that's doing it, whether you are top 40 or you, you know, are independent or you're Americana, I respect it. But um, you kind of got to play the game a little bit. Mm. And I realized that um, when we first started getting some label meetings and um, realized that the songs that I was putting out to start probably weren't to the level that they needed to be. Mm. So we started branching out and trying to find some writers to come in and um, give us some tunes, which we did. Um, that song you just mentioned, "Going Through," was written by Matt Rogers, okay. um, who's been a, a big part of um, some of the songs I've been releasing. And then Chris Young wrote it, hmm. um, which it's an incredible song, very well written, um, and you know, I love it. I, you know, I love I love the commercial aspect of it, um, but you know, there's a huge part of me that still says, you know, there's still something missing there, and Mm. I think that is because I want to put out the music that I write. Um, Because, you know, now I'm kind of like going back 180 in the other direction, first coming to town thinking, you know, I'm going to write everything. Then I realize, no, I can't write everything. Well, now I'm back to I want to put out the music that, you know, I've written
0: yeah um well walk walk someone through who's not from nashville like what does that process look like you know writing with other people you've mentioned two other guys wrote helps write that song sure going through um what does that look like you know you get in a room together do they come to you are you even a part of the process
1: yeah so um yes and no so a lot of times i'll get in rooms and i'll write with writers and you know Sometimes we use those songs. You know, We'll go to somebody's house. We'll sit on their porch or their back porch, and we'll write a song. And usually we'll go demo that song, Mm -hmm. and then we'll have that in a big folder. Um, And then I'll pitch that to my producer. And the producer typically says, man, I think this could be a really cool song. Or they go, man, it's just not where it is. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, um, you know, in the past nine songs I've released, Um, it's been 50-50. Some of the songs I've written with other writers, um, my producer was like, man, I love it. Mm. Let's cut it. Other times, they just weren't to the level of musicianship and writership that Nashville really wants. Okay. And and then in other cases, what happens is um, the producer will go out and he will look for songs that have been written by other writers, Like, Going Through was Mm -hmm. written by Matt Rogers and Chris Young. So we get pitched, you know, a drop box full of 20 songs from other writers in town. Okay. And you figure out if that's something you could vibe with? Yeah, yeah. We sit down just like we're doing, and we say, man, this is... All of them are amazing songs, by the way. There's not one bad song that comes in. Yeah. But you have to... I think uh, Garth Brooks says it the best. I think he... uh, I think this is what Garth Brooks says. It takes a special man to write an amazing song, it takes an even better person to pick a song that another writer wrote. (laughs) Because, you know, as a musician, you're like, man, you're so picky, and you're trying to figure out, is this my vibe? Is this not my vibe? And, you know, you're taking some risks. But when you hear a song that, you know, writers like Matt and Chris write, and uh, you can tell it's at a different level. You go, "I think this is something I should do. I should try, mm. and you know, and like you know, for instance, that song it's been very good. It got picked up by some really good playlists on Spotify and yeah, um, but it's always a gamble, you know, it's always a gamble
0: for me, the only way I know to relate to it because i've i've never I've never done that, but I guess for me, the closest thing I can relate is when being in a band picking a cover song for a show like it's, it's, there's always a thought, like and a purpose behind why you're picking that song, putting it on the set list at that certain time yes. in between, like the two songs that's going to be in between. You know, it, it's got to mean something to you. You've, you know, or it's just all out fun. And sure. you're just like whatever, this is fun. That sounds so personal to, to like be handed songs that you are going to essentially be the the face of or the yeah. voice of.
1: It's a weird process to be honest with you yeah i think it's like that for a reason but for me i'm looking for something that brings back a memory i think that is you know if you could pinpoint you know what i want to be remembered as for a musician is i want to bring back a memory Uh, whether it's a small memory or a large memory i want to bring back something you know The six foot five guy in the stands that, you know, he's never cried in his entire life. I want to make him cry. Yeah. I want to build him up, bring him down, build him back up again. I want to bring back a memory for people because we forget our brains are, you know, we're so half the time they're working, the other half the time they're not. And it's like, you know, we forget so many of the little things, Mm -hmm. you know, it's so easy to forget. And if I can just bring back one little memory for somebody, man, I think I've done my job as a as an artist.
0: Yeah. This is reminding me of a similar conversation that we've had on your porch. Yeah. Of social media and how much time like we, you know, get glued to it and kind of numb ourselves yes. on social media. That's like you're not really creating new memories. You're not really also engaging memories unless social media is giving you like nostalgic like shows or
1: it's so true.
0: Whatever. As someone who, since moving to Nashville, has gone to more shows in four years than I have in the last 14 years, I still look for those moments. Yes. You know, and, and, and there there is a a saturation effect living in an industry town, whether you're an artist or a fan, because there's so many times I've been to shows like... Throughout all of 2018, 19 when I was going to shows, it was just like there came a point where it's just kind of like, cool, I'm at the next party. Yeah. And it kind of lost the the vibe. And you know, I'm like maybe seeing one artist that I've wanted to see my whole life or some hot new person that's like trending. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So when those moments do happen for me you know, I do take that to heart, you know, it's like, Oh shit. Like that reminds me of one got to drive with a friend to the grocery store without our parents for the first time. Seriously though.
1: (laughs) It's so true though, man. It's so true. And you know, not to bring up COVID and everything that's went on the past year, but we've been so stuck in this, you know, technology, social media world now, and everybody's getting used to, you know, Facebook lives and, you got to go out and see live music, man. Mm-hmm. It's so different, you know, and it's so different being there live and feeling the vibe and feeling the good juju and having a song hit you that, you know, you may never seen the artist before in your life, but you take a chance, Yeah, you know, and you go out to Basement East or, mm-hmm. you know, you go out to the basement or exit in or someplace in Nashville or someplace in your hometown, that, a small venue, and it's a Wednesday night, and there's a guy or a girl traveling through from Indiana um, that you never heard of, and tickets are five bucks. Go out and buy the tickets. Go have a couple beers and sit there, and just you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. But it's such a magical thing. Music is so – it's such a huge part of our lives, man. We take it for granted. It's been a huge part of history. It's gotten people through – the deepest times of their lives, um, it's built people up. Um, it's the best medication in my in my mind personally. Mm. I think somebody could have, um, but we gotta get out. You know, talking about the social media, we gotta get out of the social media train. I know it's here to stay, and I know it's everything you know a musician's got to do now. But yeah, it's it's such a small, minute little. Spectrum of you know, it's a pebble when you think about the huge, you know, universe of music. Mm -hmm. Uh, go out to shows again, go go, and not just for the artist, for the small venue that's struggling, that almost you know, shut down through COVID. You know, go out and spend some money. You don't spend a ton, but yeah, you know you gotta support these venues and these independent artists man and that's how we you know that's how we keep creating this magic of music
0: yeah yeah and i think also here in nashville people forget that we had a tornado that came through before covid that wiped out you know well one of the bigger venues was basement east Um, probably wiped out even more along the way through that east nashville area but you know then there's also Exit In that almost got sold through the pandemic because they didn't have any shows or support from the government right and then they're having to fight all the condos that are being built here in Nashville which i'm assuming that's a part of what you're you were talking about earlier that Nashville's changing a lot
1: a ton yeah. And how long have you been in town? So I've been here. I've been back and forth since I was 18. Okay. Um, but I've lived here for five and a half years. Five now. and a half. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've been officially here for 4 Um, been coming down for 10 and a half years-ish. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I've, I feel you on the change. And that's something that I was talking about with someone over the weekend. It's like, you know, Nashville has a lot to offer. There is something about, each town having its own thing, and Nashville's thing is country music. Sure, and I, I definitely feel like it's it's becoming more than that in a way that's like kind of I don't know. It's it's almost just it's it's like disbanding or or yes. you know kind of leaving certain aspects of country music culture behind which is kind of
1: weird because I don't want Nashville to be LA no or New York I uh and you know I think I touched on this earlier it's taboo to talk about for some reason and being an independent artist like I am typically I don't like to talk about it but Clark's got you know some bourbon in me right now and you know we're running Um, thank you Basil Hayden you know thank you Basil Hayden sponsorship Uh, (laughs) but um um I think there's a big um, there's a big concern, um, and like I was saying, as an independent artist, I don't like to talk about it because sometimes it can make you sound bitter. Um, and you know, I don't feel like I'm bitter about how the culture and the scene has changed. What I don't like is that the dreamer kind of seems to be scooted under the rug. Mm. Um, it seems like they're more. Inclined to look at somebody who is taking off on TikTok or social media mm-hmm. over a girl or a guy that has been doing everything they possibly can, and they're an amazing musician, amazing writer. They're real. They've been through a lot of shit. Yeah. Um. They don't care anymore. Yeah. Um. They're wanting to see what generates money. Mm-hmm. And I get it. I really do on a business side of it, right? Because everybody's got to make money. Um but on the other side of it it's like well what are we doing Hmm. and right now it might not seem too bad right whatever who cares you know yeah they're taking the TikTok guys and girls whatever well what happens in 10 years what happens in 15 and 20 years what happens to people that you know have you know depression and they turn to music and they're not getting lyrics that help them through hard times um you know That happens all the time. Music is such a huge outlet for people, man. And um, I think we got to get back to finding real musicians that have, you know, struggled and they've done everything they possibly can um, to make it in this town, because with that comes just incredible writing incredible stories and it helps so many people through tough times man yeah you know going back to stapleton stapleton was doing it for so many years and writing before he got you know a chance Mm. you know and um i don't know the whole story about it but i I think justin timberlake gave gave him a shot and oh cool you know and that's how he kind of took off but um typically the outcast man the misunderstood as eric church would would say it um are the people that really should be getting the chances man you know and there's just so many people in nashville so many talented artists that are never gonna see the light of day you know because everything takes money now Mm -hmm. everything takes a ton of money everybody's trying to make money off you um and also like in my case i suck at social media i don't know how to do it i'm not a me guy Hmm. you know and it seems like you kind of have to be a me guy now and uh you know i guess i'm trying to learn how to do it um but there's just so many people that are in my same boat we're just trying to play music and write music and connect with people that's it social media to me is such a you know secondary thought but it seems like now in the industry it needs to be your first thought Mm -hmm. and music comes second yeah and i don't like that yeah and i think it needs to be talked about more I think, you know, A&R needs to go back to finding people and developing artists, Hmm. Um, not just bringing somebody in that's got 150,000 TikTok followers and saying, hey, you know, we'll take a chance and record an album, put you on the road. Yeah. It's not real. Yeah. I think people want real people to connect with.
0: It's going to happen because... So the way that I compare it is, let's just say some of the, the more popular social media platforms are to entertainment as McDonald's is to food. It's a period. Perfect. Like fast food yes. industry to food.
1: Yes, it's perfect. <laughs> Just food, Yes.
0: <laughs> you know? And if we're, uh, you know, never waves back. <laughs> never waves back. I think I've gotten one wave out of that one neighbor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, the, yeah, like, I I think about how in the 80s and in the 90s, fast food was at its height. Like, I grew up on that shit. Sure. I don't lie did. about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, like, up until I started, uh, until I moved away from, from home, I was still going to Taco Bell and Arby's, like, back-to-back back in one day. Like, yeah. had lunch at Arby's and Taco Bell at night. It's delicious. Might have even gone back to Taco Bell a second time. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, like there's not substance there. And it, it only works for a short amount of time before you get sick of it. Sure. And your body's just like, I can't take this anymore. And I hope to some degree that that is what happens with entertainment is that people, I, I do believe there are people that are out there in kids today because um, younger kids are helping generate what the vinyl business is. Today, you know, and how vinyl is revived. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I really do hope that we can shift away from 15 seconds of fame or however long a a quick meme video thing is back to, you know, like you said, finding that artist who is inspiring and has a presence. You know, like you, you mentioned going into a club and someone comes into town, you pay five bucks to see them. I've had some of the best experiences connecting with music in those lonely rooms where I'm one of maybe 15 people watching this person. For sure. And then when you realize you're like, Oh shit, like I'm sitting here and if I get up and walk away, they're going to feel it. That artist is going to feel me walking away. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I've done enough stuff on stage to know that feeling, whether I'm supporting someone or, or trying to do, My own stuff like i know what it feels like for someone to walk out of the room too but you know like that to me is so much more special to connect with someone in that way than through a screen Mm -hmm. and i get it it has its purpose um fast food subway has its purpose when i'm in the middle of northern alabama trying to get down to (laughs) you know gulf shores for the weekend like and it's Six in the morning. I'm gonna go stop and grab something and get back out on the road. You know, but it's not something that I want to live off of for every meal, and I don't want to live um, off of social media for my art or for my entertainment. You know, yeah. entertainment's even still maybe not the right word, but like you know, music's an art form. And it is.
1: I think uh, I think Tim McGraw has a, a good quote that you're either a uh, entertainer or you're an artist and nashville wants entertainers Mm. and i'm not trying to knock it at all um like i said from the get-go i respect it all man because no matter what it's it's a it's a grind it's an absolute grind whether you're a TikTok star that got signed to a record label deal or you know you're not it's a grind yeah but um i think there's it's a two completely different things if you're an entertainer, you're an entertainer. If you're an artist, you're an artist. Yeah. If you're an artist, um, the lyrics that you put out and the music you put out means so much more than you know money or uh, you know record deals or you know your influence on you know social media. It it means so much more to me to put out a song that you know like "Addicts Not." Um, it's got the least amount of views out of all my songs. Hmm. But it's the deepest meaning, man. It's yeah. the deepest meaning. And the amount of people that messaged me about that song, saying that they were going through the same thing, man, that's what music's about to me. Yeah, That's what it's about. If you can help somebody through a hard time with lyrics and a melody and guitars and drums and bass, like... What more do you want, man? Yeah, it's never been about. Maybe at one point when I was younger, I wanted to be famous, right? Sure. Yeah, I think we all do at some point. How cool would it be? Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) How cool would it be to be famous? Yeah, doesn't matter to me anymore, man. I I think about, you know, one day, you know, what are my children going to remember me for? Mm. What is my family going to remember me for? My friends, and if I were to leave this world tomorrow, how am I going to be remembered? And I would rather be remembered as the guy that put out songs for people to connect with people to, for people to get through, you know, tough times rather than the guy that, you know, just puts out some party song about being on a yacht and slamming Coors lights and, you know, things like that. It doesn't do it for me anymore. And, you know, the older I get, the more, and the more I, you know, travel and play and, and, you know in the scene um the more i realize man you know like the cliche saying about always remembering your roots is so true hmm. remember your roots man remember where you came from remember what you want to do what what gets you up in the morning and um you know that's what i want to be remembered for you know not just another guy not just another ticket yeah you know
0: I don't think it's bitter. You know, I don't think you're being too hard because you're get, laying out some very constructive stuff out there. <laughs> I
1: appreciate it. I <laughs> appreciate it. I typically don't talk about it, but, you know, I think it needs to Why be not? talked about. Is it, is, it, is it hard to talk about? I think so because, obviously, you know, um, I feel like I've been, as an independent artist, I think I've been doing good. I'd rather be doing a lot better than what I am. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'd love the record deal. Um, and sometimes when I talk about it, I think about what have, what have I done wrong? Yeah. And, um, it makes me, you know, think what more could I be doing? And it kind of gets me down a, you know, a bad road of, you know, kind of just like, you know, I could be doing this or doing that, doing this. And that's toxic, man. You gotta just, I like to just be, center-focused on this is where I want to be as a musician. I'm going to keep going down that road. And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, dude, it doesn't matter, man. I got a great family. I got a great wife. I got great friends, great neighbors. You know, uh, life is so short. And, you know, I I, I just, you got to think more positive than you do negative. Yeah. You know, or this town will just eat you alive, man. For sure. I've seen it. Eat so many musicians alive, and you know, um, talented, talented people. Um, you know, they. What do they say? It's like a seven-year town or a ten-year town, and I think that's such a stupid, yeah, stupid thing for people to say. You know, who cares? Hmm. It could be a one-year town for somebody. Yeah, you know, they could. They could, People come to Nashville. They get signed in three months. Mm-hmm. You know, and then uh, sometimes they get shelved. And they never tour, and they never put out music, and it's a crazy world, you know. Um, so I don't know. I just like to look at the, you know, the straight and narrow. Get me down the road. <laughs> don't look back. I'm yeah. gonna mess up in the process. Yeah, but who cares? Yeah, you can't be perfect, right? Music's not about being perfect. Man. No, you know, yeah. life's not about being perfect. Only one way you can succeed. You gotta fail a couple times.
0: Hmm. That's awesome. It's truth. Yeah, love it. (laughs) That's good. No, dude, that's that's awesome, and I appreciate hearing that because I you mentioned staying up or waking up at three in the morning, and you get creative. For me, it's one or the other. Either I'm waking up at two or three in the morning with an idea, or I'm waking up at two and three in the morning with anxiety. It's just kind of (laughs) like you know that. Feeling, like you said, that's toxic. I'm just being like, oh, shit, like, have I done something wrong? Like, what's going on? Am I where I need to be? And thankfully, like, I think that's calmed down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Going back to what you said, that whole, like, you've got to fail. I think failure can be good for a multitude of reasons. For my personal experience, it reminds me that I need... People, I need my friends, you know, or those core group of friends that you know have always had my back and I've always had theirs. It kind of keeps you leveled, you know, because yes. if you are just catered everything every step of the way, there's not really a lot to connect with. That mm-hmm. I can't connect with that. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite place that you've recorded at here in
1: Nashville? Man, I've recorded at so many spots. Um, it's so funny. Well, I'll tell you a quick story. My favorite place I recorded for sure is uh, Ocean Way. Um, oh, nice. I think we were in the B room, and uh, it was really cool because uh, Evanescence was in the A room. Oh, yeah. And I got to meet them all, and you know, uh, I just thought, you know, that's it's. I thought it was cool because like it's it's Nashville, and you got Evanescence, and you know, the <laughs> A room, and I'm in the B room. Yeah. It's like wow, this like it's just a melting pot, and I love that about music, man. And yeah. I, you know. I love all genres. You know, I love when, you know, people come to Nashville and the record, whether you're Christian or jazz or rap or... It's a beautiful music town, man. Yeah. You know, but um, uh, when I was first, you know, 17 or 18, I came down here and I recorded literally just down the street from where we bought our first home uh, at a place called Watershed Studios. Mm. Um, and... I just thought it was ironic when we bought this house like whoa (laughs) you know I remember staying in the hotel I remember just like being so broke and spending my last dollar on getting some Chinese food someplace called Fullins by Target okay you know and just like being homesick I was here for like two weeks and calling my girlfriend at the time wife now and just being like super homesick man and um but looking back at it, I'm like, wow, that was such a big part of my life recording at that small little studio in Brentwood called Watershed. Watershed. And uh, I used to have it out. I, I, I took it off. Uh, I, my first EP I put out was called Watershed, Watershed Sessions. Okay. And some people still have it. And I love uh, you know back home. And every once in a while, somebody will play a song, and I'm like, man, it's so, it's so cool to hear the seven, 18-year-old me. Yeah. You know, because now, you know, I'm 29, but I love, you know, I used to, like, hate it. I was like, I, I don't want to listen to the 18-year-old me. No, a lot, the 18-year-old me had a lot to say, you know, and uh, it proved that I was going through crazy times and proved that I was traveling and playing a bunch of shows and learning and being humble and, um, you know, a lot of lyrics I use, I look back and, I'm you know, I'm proud of myself for what i came up with they're not the greatest sounding songs ever yeah it's not something that's going to be a number one hit or on the radio but part of me wishes i still had it out yeah you know because it tells this story man it tells the story of where i started and now where i am and um you know i used to hate listening to my my older songs and i couldn't stand it when my friends back home played them and Mm -hmm. You Know, but I started thinking, like, you know, they're playing them for a reason, yeah. You know, yeah, they like it, they dig it, and that was really cool to me. But, um, I'd love to hear them, I, I'll show you, to, I'll show them to you, yeah. You know, they're so different, man. But, you know, you gotta love where you came from, you
0: mm-hmm. gotta
1: respect where you came from, not just in music and life. Look at your lows, man. You're always gonna. You know, you're always going to have your lows. You're always going to have your highs, man. And we're typically somewhere in the middle at all times. Yeah. You know, but you have to respect both avenues. Um, And uh, that watershed um, studio, I think, really was like the focal point of like me saying, hey, this is something I really want to do. That'd probably be number two, but Ocean Way is definitely number one. Yeah. Ocean Way is a very special vibe beautiful it's beautiful and um yeah very fortunate to be able to track there i've tracked so many spots but that's probably that's probably number one for me
0: yeah i've known a few engineers who have worked there and they love it
1: it's so cool man very special and then like it's just iconic mm. and i'm big i think you're the same way like I, very big on like that iconic um the history yeah when you start feeling the vibes you walk into ocean way and you're like damn You know? There's a lot of people that have been right here in this position. Yeah. You know? And in the same position that I was there. Yeah. Trying to make it, trying to figure out a way. And then Mm -hmm. they figured out a way. Mm -hmm. And that's cool to think about. Not the people that were already there and have already made it. Thinking about the people that were there in my exact position, saying, I'm taking a chance, I'm spending this money to record these songs and I hope something happens with them. Yeah. That's what gets me up in the morning, man. That's what makes me go. That's what's special about this town. Yeah. You know, and that's what will always be special about Nashville. And one thing that will never, you know, you know, disappear from this town is the history of all the men and the women that have struggled mm. to make it. And you got to think about that when you're in bars playing, when you're in you know even on Broadway you're at Robert's Western World or the Crossroads or you're playing at Alley Taps and Printers Alley or Uh Joe's Place and Green Hills or you know make it up to the Bluebird and there's so much history and so much good vibes and you know when you get down you gotta think to yourself as an artist there's been many people that have been in this exact same position yeah and they came out on top yeah so you got a chance yeah yeah You know. Yeah. You gotta keep you gotta keep moving forward because it's easy to quit. Yeah. It's easy to quit in anything in life. It's easy to say no. It's easy to say I don't wanna do it. It's hard to say, you know what? Excuse my French, but fuck it. I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna take a chance on this. That's what's hard to do. Cross the bridge. Hmm. That's what's hard. You can look over the bridge, you can look over the valley. It looks so beautiful over there, but, you know, the bridge might be a little unstable. It's wobbly. It's missing some planks, man. You're like, I don't know if I want to go over that sucker. You got to take the chance. Yeah. You got to take the chance because what scares me the most about life, Clark, is the fucking what ifs. Hmm. When I'm 60 years old and I'm sitting there with my grandkids and they're saying, well, what if you would have done this, grandpa? And I'm thinking to myself, what if I would have done that? What if I would have done this? What if I recorded that? What if I would have, you know, done it this way instead of that way? You can't have the what ifs. Yeah. You got to go for it. And if it gets to a time where you say, man, I just, it's not something I want to do anymore. At least you did everything you possibly could do to not ever have to say what if.
0: Yeah. You, uh, do you have people here in town that help you get out of that what if
1: moment? Yeah, you know, I got a lot of buddies. Um, we've been obviously with the the flood of our homes and you know some other things. Um, I've been kind of um, distant um, for a little bit. I need to get back into seeing them again. Um, but I, I, a lot of times I turn to my wife. My wife's been uh, such a huge um, inspiration to me as an artist because she never allows me. To number one, give up. Mm. Not that I would, but number two, she never allows me to, you know, second guess myself or talk about the what ifs. You know, she's very good about saying, "Hey, it is what it is." Mm. You know, you keep going. We moved here for a reason. That girl, you know, had a great job. She has back home in Nebraska. Great, you know, great friends, great family, and she took a chance mm. on moving here for me. Oh wow! So I owe it to her, you know, Yeah, you can't give up on it. And it's not even a, a thought in my mind of giving up, you know, because I feel like we're at a great spot and uh, I'm just, just now starting to, you know, really do the stuff I want to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited for the future of what we got planned. And uh, yeah, man, she's, uh, she's been everything. So I owe every, honestly, everything to her.
0: That's awesome. How long have you guys been married now?
1: Uh, two and a half years, and then um, we've been together for 10. Wow. Yeah, so high school sweethearts, man. That's right. Yeah, which is really cool. Uh, yeah. She hated me for a while in high school. Oh, why is that? Yeah, I was immature, you know, <laughs> just another dude. No way. Dude being dudes, you know. And a dude being a dude, yeah, you know what i Yeah, you know, probably smoking a little too much pot and drinking a little too much beer, you know. we did that in high school yeah I guess we did (laughs) but uh, you know at one point I I guess I woke up and I said hey you want to get the girl you want to get you got to change your ways a little bit Mm. and it's always for the better girls are notorious for always being more mature than guys you know
0: yeah yeah there's something about that yeah it is what it (laughs) is you know
1: we mature late we have fun though you know I wish I could go back I was thinking about here's a question for you all right, all right. Now I'm the interviewer, Clark. Um, you could pick one or the other. You got you got two months. You can go back to high school, or you can go back to college. Oh shit.
0: Um, two months. Would I go back to high school or go back to college? So. In high school, I was homeschooled and I, as far as a friend group goes, I kind of bounced around from group to group of friends that I had from different high schools. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed that a lot more than I did the first year and a half going to college.
1: (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah. You know, still
0: living off of mom and dad. Yeah. Uh, Mom and dad were still together. My parents separated when I was in college.
1: No kidding.
0: So if I could go back, I would I would spend to do over or to do again.
1: Just do again.
0: Do again. High school all the way. Yeah. Yeah. Like get, get in the Dodge Ram. This was before Ram became Ram, but it was still Dodge Ram. Drive on the back roads, listening to whatever music I was listening to with the windows down just like arms out the window singing, you know, it was so the, the roads I was driving through in Warwick County. So <laughs> going real deep here. Uh, I grew up outside of the number one meth, like capital of like no kid Southern Indiana oh. grew up outside of that, but then kind of grew up between some other towns, some like a Franklin type town, very like, have you seen Riverdale? I the TV not. show. I have not. Okay. So like Gilmore girls. Right, hey, how are you guys Good, are you? doing? All right.
1: <laughs> uh, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, a hookah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Our neighbors just walked by wanting to know if we had a keg on my front porch. I don't, uh, I have a cooler <laughs> holding up the laptop but <laughs> he thought it was a hookah too. Oh, a hookah. Yeah. Oh, that's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. High school yeah. all the way. It was, it was much more freeing. I felt invincible.
1: How about yeah. you? <gasps> that's a tough one, man, because did you do college. I did. I took online classes cause I was a, I mm. was traveling, playing so much, but we had a, uh, called the blue house. And, uh, I still remember because it's on my fake ID, Uh, North 54th Street, um, Lincoln, Nebraska was the address of it. And uh, Scottsdale, actually, it was North 54th Street, Scottsdale, Arizona. That was my fake ID, but it was actually Lincoln, Nebraska. (laughs) But anyway, we had, it's called the Blue House, man. It was right off the campus of Lincoln, Nebraska. And, uh, man, I stayed in there with some of my best buddies. I had one of my best friends, C.J. Jensen, Another best friend, uh, Nick Hermson. We had Ben Cooper stayed with us for a while. Mm. Eric Moser stayed in there for a while. Austin Bishop. we had a crew man. it was crazy and we had, I, we did we did some stupid shit, and uh, it was the party house, so I never belonged to a fraternity. Um, but all my buddies that were in there belonged to a fraternity in Lincoln. But when I was going to school there. We had a blast, and I loved all the guys in that fraternity. And uh, man, looking back at it, I don't know. College was so fun because I'd get off the road from playing in Oklahoma, and I'd show up, and it's like twelve, it's like midnight, and there's a party going on at the house, and yeah, I just walk in, and you know, we're right back into it. Yeah. But high school, man, high school was. I also went to to college later, I, so
0: I I left. Indiana and moved to Germany for like three years Mm -hmm. and then moved back and realized like serving tables only goes so far. So, you know, I can only sling so many steaks and (laughs) (laughs) mashed potatoes before it's like this gets old. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, that, you know, I was just on the phone texting with one of my buddies yesterday. They're one of my best friends actually my best friend, he's like my brother, Dan, he and his wife got married and had a house and their house was always the hang house. And they lived a block away from a college campus. So they were surrounded by like college kids the whole time. Mm. So it was a constant party at their house for like seven years. But when I was going to college was during that time. And it's like, you knew if you were bored, um, or couldn't find anything to do you could just call up Dan and Sarah and she be like hey what are you guys doing they're like I don't know come over <laughs> <laughs> it's like you show up and you pull up on their block and there would be a party at every little house and they just like do we want to party here do we want to walk across the street to yeah. another party um, I'd do that over that yeah. was fun we uh i think like no matter what i'm going to choose whatever carefree aspect of same <laughs> both of those things <laughs> yeah
1: that that's what i love about college cuz it's like it's just i don't know high school you're a little scared to do some things college you're like i'm all in on it i remember mm-hmm. we had one rule in the house one rule that i made and the rule was you can't smoke pot in the house and for some reason and this is my own fault we'd always break it we'd always <laughs> break it every night and it's like I'd always tell guys, man, can we just just go outside with it, you know? Yeah. But then they'd talk me into it, and, you know, that was the one rule we had. But, God, Lee, thinking back on it now, just so many fun times, man. So many stupid parties, never got caught, which is crazy to think about because we're so careless about the amount of people being in the house. But, like, it was such a great home. And uh, shout-out to uh, the landlord, Gala. She's one of our family friends, and mm. uh, she was so amazing. I remember one time she walked in, and we had a big bong sitting on the uh, the table, <laughs> and uh, we didn't realize it was there. And my buddy, uh, for some reason, we had a we had flowers in the kitchen, and uh, he decided just to put a couple flowers into the bong, and she thought it was a vase. So we got away <laughs> with it, which is really funny. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I think she knew. I think she knew. Yeah. She, she knew. She had to, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's two completely different things, right? Yeah. You know, but hey, you know, you win some, you lose some. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. You said you moved here five and a half years ago? Yeah. So did you go straight from the college years to moving to Nashville or?
1: Well, after, um, so my mom got sick and she ended up uh, passing away from uh, glioblastoma brain cancer. And, um, oh, wow. I don't I said, um uh, i don't think i knew that i'm, I'm sorry Oh, i appreciate that no worries man um but it's such a, it's a big part of the story and i typically i hated talking about it but like the more i talk about it the more you know i was like you know it, it should be normal sure you know it's part of my life um but uh um after she passed i i told my wife i'm like i gotta take the chance to come here hmm. we gotta go and we literally packed up and I was like a month after her funeral. Uh, we packed up and just came down. Wow. Saved up enough money. Stayed in an apartment for, you know, two, three years. Hmm. And then, thankfully, saved up enough money to buy a home. Yeah. So, and what was your mom like? The greatest human being ever. Yeah. Yeah, the most kind person, down to earth, sweetheart of a lady, do anything for you. S- that's where the musical side of everything came from for us really yeah man she was into music she, yeah she used to uh she used to play uh um this song she knew how to play one song of guitar and it was it was called uh uh it's like if i had a hammer i'd hammer in the morning hammer in the evening all over this land I don't know if you ever heard of that. No. But it's like a Sounds uh, amazing. It's like a some like church song. But she always like played it and like every Christmas huh. uh, she'd pick up the guitar. It's the only thing she'd play. And uh, I it was so awesome thinking about it, you know. I'm like, man, she she had a great voice. She was an incredibly talented singer and yeah, you know, some people just because you don't play music or you don't sing all the time doesn't mean you're not a musician. Mm-hmm. You know? Incredible uh um you know the music that like she related to and she showed us was so deep, like Simon and Garfunkel's Sounds of Silence and John Denver, you know, yeah. uh, uh, James Taylor, man, you know, Fire and Rain, The Eagles, so many like such deep songs. Um, thinking back to it now, I'm like, dude, that's what really got me into doing it, mm. you know, because at first when I was hearing them, it, I didn't know what the hell I was listening to. I'm like, what is this? older I got, the more I started listening to the songs. Well, at one point, you know, it starts clicking. And then you start understanding, what's Desperado about by the Eagles? What's, you know, James Taylor, Fire and Rain? Or, you know, um, all these songs about. And it starts clicking piece by piece by piece and then that's when, you know, I really started, like, understanding music and I started listening to lyrics more than listening to melodies. And I think that's such a big thing today, and I think it's flip-flopped for a lot of the younger generations. Um, it's melody first, lyrics second. Hmm. And I think it needs to be flip-flopped again to lyrics first, melody second. Hmm. You know, because the lyrics are such, that's the substance of the song, that's the meat. yeah. You know,
0: yeah. So she played the guitar during Christmas, and yeah, just never. She just never got a
1: song, out. man. But it's just so cool. I remember, uh, you know, we'd always have. I was I was the youngest, and uh, my my two older brothers would always play. Uh, man, they would acapella freestyle. was it Silent Night or. Uh, some Christmas song on the way to uh, my grandparents' house, hmm. and I remember always trying to get in on it. I'm like, oh, and my brother's like, "Dude, no, Nikki, no, stop, <laughs> stop." You know, and then like one day I got in on it, and it, you know I hit the melody and the harmony. Yeah, and they're like, "All right, this is cool." You yeah, know? and I was like, "Ah, oh, I'm in it. Let's Blood go." Harmony, you know. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, she's obviously she is the number one person that probably you know she what's crazy too is my dad was a uh, what they used to call a disc jockey which is a dj obviously yeah, yeah. you know um back in minnesota back in the day you know i really came from a musical family now that i yeah, think you about did. it you know and uh he, did, never, he did radio yeah cool yeah, he did radio and uh he used to have a bunch of vinyls and a bunch you know the more I think about it, I was just surrounded in music. And I remember mm-hmm. my dad used to always play... He had like a two-door, like a 1991 like Chevy. I don't know what it... It was just a, like a piece of shit truck. Yeah. And uh, all he would ever play was 99.9, um, which was like this oldie station, like 70, 60s and 70s. Nice. And I just always listened to 60s and 70s music growing up. Never really ever listened to... You know, we touched on it really early, but everybody thinks like I grew up on like George Jones and Hank and Willie and all these guys. Yeah. It's not the case. I got into that a lot later in life. Okay. You know, and honestly, I think in some cases I'm very fortunate because, you know, it opened up my mind to way different writing. Mm -hmm. You know, way deeper, deep, deep, deep lyrics. Not that those guys don't have deep lyrics, but, you know, listen to James Taylor and, you know, well, see, Brian Wilson, man. Brian Wilson. Oh dude, yeah. Dude. That's
0: that is a grand canyon of deepness.
1: <laughs> it is so deep, man. Yeah. And you know, it, it's like I said earlier too, it's a blessing and it's a curse because sometimes it could be too deep. You yeah. know, I figured that out when I you know, sometimes when I write music now I'm like, Man, it might be too deep. And I always play it for my wife and I can tell she's like, What are you talking about? I'm like, It's too deep. <laughs> you know i gotta we gotta go back in and patch this sucker up a little bit yeah because you don't want to be you know at the end of the day i'm still playing you know commercial country music and um but what i see myself now getting back into is you know my roots so what i'm excited for for the future is we're about to go and cut an album and it's going to be a lot more back to my roots of that texas country Hmm. um songwriting um, you know, I love the Nashville thing. I love the, you know, it's a part of me loves the commercial game too. I think it's, you know, if it's done right, it sounds amazing. But the older I get, the more, you know, I realize my songwriting is just, it's, it's going the opposite direction and you can't, it's almost like a tug of war, tug and war. Mm-hmm. You can't, if, if it's going the opposite direction and you keep tugging on it, you're just going to be stuck in the middle. Yeah. So you got to let some slack out, and that's what I'm trying to do with this new album and get back to my roots, get back to writing what I want to write about, the stories I want to tell, you know, the experiences I've experienced. And if it works, it works, man. If not, it is what it is, but at least it's something that down the road, I'm so proud to have out, and hopefully, you know, people dig it. Yeah. You know? I can't wait. I I appreciate it. Yeah. Next year? Yeah, Cool. So I'll probably get in the studio January, February, and mm. um, we've al- already got it. We got about 25 songs written for it, so we got to come back and obviously pick out about a shit ton of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Whittle it down. You Whittle it down, but yeah. I'm excited for it, man. It's something I've always wanted to do, and uh, it's just a part of uh, being a musician. You grow. You get older, Um You know, you start realizing exactly who you are as a person. That comes with time. You know, uh, 28-year-old me is way different than 29-year-old me, Yeah. even though it's one year. You experience a lot in a year.
0: Yeah. I mean, you touched on it a little bit ago, but, you know, our whole area went through a flood. That in and of itself is life-changing.
1: Very life-changing. Changed
0: both of us. And, you know, we were 100 feet apart when it happened incredible trying to get out within a few minutes of each other and
1: that one night you know it's just it's crazy it is so crazy i remember that night laughing too as i was driving away and such a weird thing to laugh about but like it was just like i didn't know what to think about and i just was it just it was just comical like how could this be happening right how could our homes be under three feet of water right now yeah you know and uh I just it it wasn't till like the next day where I was like, "Holy shit, this is gonna be a lot of money." Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I was yeah. so ha- you know at, yep. <laughs> in that situation though, you care about one thing, and that's your family, mm-hmm. and your family's safe. And after that, who gives a fuck? Yeah, it doesn't matter. It does home. Yeah, you know we have things in there. You know guitars and sound and. You know, pictures, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They're not souls. Yeah. You know, everybody that needed it. I remember carrying my dog out and uh, (laughs) literally in three and a half feet of water. And I'm not the biggest human being in the world. The water was almost to my, I mean, it was above my knee. Yeah. And uh, there was trash cans and telephone poles flying at me. And I about dropped him. And I remember Mm. thinking to myself, Wow. I really care about this freaking dog, Yeah, you know, and I was just doing everything I possibly could in my, you know, to get him into the truck. And I finally got him in there and I was like, man, just a f- breath of fresh air. Cause I knew that he was the last part. I had my wife in, we had my wife's, um, my mother-in-law, and my father-in-law in wow. the truck. And, uh, he was the last, you know, yeah. Thing to get in there and he's a he's a big boy he's a big boy dude and uh, i love course i always say uh sweetheart he, he is a sweetheart i always I always say if i could pay money to have just one day of him talking and i could communicate <laughs> with him i don't care what the price was would be awesome because and the first thing i would say was you remember that fucking time where i carried your ass out <laughs> through three and a half feet of water man that'd be the first thing i say to him I just want to see his response. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but now can I tell you about this thing that I found in the yard and I dug up? And
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. You'd be like, I don't care. <laughs> you got food, dog? <laughs> oh, man. That's great. That's yeah. a time, man. We made it out, though.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this year. <laughs> wild that a year after 2020 could be just as crazy its own way, you know, and, and just Grateful to
1: be sitting where I am in one piece, (laughs) personally. (laughs) You ain't kidding. Yeah. What a crazy year it was, man. But what a creative year, too. That's the cool thing about it, man. You got to think of, you know, there's so much negative if you look at, you know, turn on the TV. It's always about negativity and, you know, look at the positive, how creative it was, how much time we get to spend with our families. Mm. How much time do we have to think about what we're going to do with the next year of our lives, and that's a special thing because life's so fast. You know, it's moving so quick. We never really get a moment to think, you know, you might think you do, but you don't cuz you got jobs, and you got families, you're running around trying to make money and trying to figure this out and your neighbors want you to come over for the football game and the family's coming in. Now, we had a whole year just to sit down and think and, you know, I thought that was such a special thing, man. Mm. You know, even the craziness of the pandemic. Uh, you know, there were so many cool things that came out from it, man. Yeah. So many creative songs. So much time for, you know, families to, you know, if they were having, going through a rough patch to patch things up. Yeah. You know, um, so you got to look at the, you know, which with every positive, there's a negative. whichever With every negative, there's a positive. Yeah. You got to look at the positive in that situation and not just dwell on covid yeah it's easy to do it's so easy to do and i did it too everybody did it sure you know you gotta you gotta get past it man you know life goes on Mm. life goes on we're gonna go through struggles that's a part of life life's not supposed to be easy if it was we'd all be rich and be miserable probably yeah you know (laughs) the people that struggle and they get out of the struggle that's the people i want to be friends with that's the people I want to know, that's the people I want to hang out with, yeah. because I can relate to them. The other people that have not gone through struggle and they understand anything like that, I don't want to hang out with because I can't relate to you. Mm-hmm. I can't talk to you. You know I want to talk to the people that have struggled and they got out of the struggle, and they succeeded and they failed and they succeeded. That's a real mofo to me. Yeah, you know. Yeah. That's what I love. For sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. I actually just pulled up a external hard drive. I found a folder of all my demos I made in 2020 and I, I remembered like five of them and then the other 30 that were sitting there, I was like, damn, I did a lot of playing because I had nothing else to do. I was working from home and <laughs> just like holed up in the house where I was living before here and just wrote into the night. I had like a (laughs) a super late shift as well. Went into work at like noon and got off at 8.30. So like when everyone's going to bed, I'm putting on headphones and plugging my guitar into the computer and just like writing. And I found some stuff and I was just like, this is kind of cool. Like I, I need to tap back into that because it's been almost nine months since I had opened that folder. So like nine months has gone by and I haven't been riding like that. <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's something, you know, positive to pull out of it. And, and I hate that so many people, you know, have been affected the way that they've been affected, but I'm right there with you. Like, I'm trying my best to, you know, keep focused on the positivity of, of today as well as future.
1: Absolutely. Stuff. You so, have to. You got you any plans to. for Halloween? I want I wish somebody was having a Halloween party, man. I love Halloween. It's my favorite holiday. Yeah. By far. Yeah. Is there no one doing a, a block party here? No. I wish somebody was, man. Let's do one. Let's do one. I'm I'm here. Let's get the cops called on us. Let's go. Let's invite the cops. Let's go. Let's be cops <laughs> <laughs> and robbers. Yeah. <laughs> um, already done. Got to be a little bit more unique than that, I guess. I yeah. don't <laughs> everybody's going to go with Squid Games this year or something. Oh
0: yeah. I still haven't watched it. Have you watched it?
1: Yeah. I'm not a t- I'm not a big TV guy. I like documentaries. Um, I watched that shit in three days. Three straight days, I was hooked on the TV. My okay. wife was like, dude, what are you watching? <laughs> I'm telling you, it is bizarre. All right. It's hard to follow because it's like there's uh, what's it called? Uh, captions. Yeah. So it's like nothing lines up to what they're, you know. <laughs> Um, subtitles yeah subtitles that's what I was going for yeah it f- intrigued me and okay. I was hooked and I think you'll love it okay it's crazy man maybe
0: in the next couple of days after this comes out maybe I'll sit down when I slow down this week and
1: let's go and then we can be uh, we can be squid games for Halloween mm. either that or I want to be a taco or I want to be just a, a, a Coors Light can so A Coors Light can? Yeah, just a Coors Light can. Okay. That's it. I'm a, I'm a simplest when it comes to Halloween costumes. Yeah. Give me a taco, a piece of pizza. I don't know. You know.
0: Yeah, I, I'm going as a, a skeleton this year. So. Perfect. That's all you need. It's uh, It's got a little bit more meaning to it. So there's the artist Phoebe Bridgers. She wears a skeleton on stage. Uh, and I'm going as fanboy Bridgers. <laughs> so I'm going to try and take some photos in the backyard that look like Phoebe Bridger's photos, but yeah, man. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it. Let's do it again. Yeah. You know, for we all move away.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You ain't kidding. Godly, I would love to, man. I love that you're doing this. This is a, we need more things like this, man. So yeah. And, uh, it's, it's not bad. It wasn't a a long walk over here, you know? Yeah. I hope you get home safe. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I'm going to ride the bike back. Mm. Yeah. Thank you.
0: There we go. There it is. It's in the can. In the can. Nikki James, thank you so much for coming on, good sir. Can't wait to hang out on your back porch and do another one of these. So till then, hope you guys have a great Halloween weekend. Whatever you have planned, be safe. Don't eat the weird candy. Make sure it's sealed, not poisoned. All right, we'll be back next week with a brand new guest. I'm very excited for you guys to check it out. How about that for Big Cliffhanger? (laughs) Take care. Bye.